Heyo, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of October 3, 2012. This is episode 166, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval for the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. Wow, this is weird. I haven't done this in a while. I know. Do you remember what you're doing? No, I do not. I can't remember my (laughs) spiel at all. (laughs) I do have people in the studio with me. Mm -hmm. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Sure. I am Jackie Rotaco, account manager with Interval. Katie Streeter, intern at Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Hi, all. This is going to hurt my hey. neck now. I know. We're There's gonna, four of us. <laughs> we're going to have to start doing the we're clockwise the, introduction there. Otherwise hopefully we don't get the crop duster effect on you, too, as you're turning your the head. Crop side duster. Side. Yeah. <laughs> we should get like a room of mirrors. Right? Don't they have so we don't have to turn our heads it? to look at each other. What's that? Yeah. So we don't have to. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. say a ceiling of mirrors. I said a wall <laughs> of mirrors. <laughs> it still sounds That's creepy. creepy. The house of mirrors. That's like a really bad Can they board. be like those mirrors that destroy you and make you tall and thin or short and squat? They can be if that's what you prefer. I like to. Be, I would like to be short and squat. I prefer the tall thin. <laughs> yeah, tall thin. <laughs> okay, Adam, I'll be short and squat. All right, so uh, we have some lively things to discuss, but we have a short amount of time, so I'm going to get right to it. First, we have some updates. I don't have any updates. I probably do, but I can't think of You them. should have a million. I know, but I don't have Shushmid. I haven't been on here since Shushmid. I since... already kind of gave a Shushmid update. Okay, good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a few people say pants are on sale, by the way. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I never yeah. heard any of that. Yep. Uh, we'll have to figure that that out. Yeah, I go ahead with the updates. Are I'm we just, legally? My mind's blank. Are we legally obligated to sell them pants now? <laughs> Panties. Oh, that's a good question. Otherwise, we're bait and switch, aren't we? <laughs> we didn't say that we were selling them. We just said that's the. No, we that's just said the they're on sale. Word. Yeah. Well, they have to tell us they're on sale. So no, legally, they have to sell a, us. It's pants. a pant event. A pant event. It's a pant. It's our annual pant event. It always... It's not a sale. That gets us out of it legally. Isn't it weird that if you talk if that to make that to make pants plural you just removed the s? <laughs> we have sub-referenced so many times I have no idea what we're even talking about. Jackie, would you share with us your how are you doing over there? I don't know. I have a million little hairs all over are me. Are you shedding? Yeah. Nice. Well, I hope. I, mean, I have a million little hairs all over me too. But they're not coming off in droves. Off my clothes. Anyways. Tell that to my shower drain. Jeez. <laughs> what? Nice visual. Gross. I know. <laughs> okay. Jackie, so my please, update. the love of all the totally, share with us a mission gonna, conference update. We're going to segue from hair in the drain to the fall mission hair conference. I think we've got a show title. That's good. <laughs> yeah, note that. Um, so the mission fall conference, November 8th, which is a Thursday. Um, it's at the Van Dusen Mansion which I've never heard dun, of. Dun, dun. <laughs> Is it haunted? It was the butler with the candlestick <laughs> in the Van Dusen mansion. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Where is that? In Minneapolis. Really? Where? What's the address? That I don't know yet. Hmm. Who well, are the Van I mean, Dusens? I'm sure I could figure that out quickly, but... <laughs> Van Dusen. <laughs> we'll give a full like history of the yes, Van Dusens please. next time. Um, but anyways, they have some good speakers lined up. Um, Chris Boyer will be there. And um, two folks are speaking about e-philanthropy from Children's. Our friend Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. As well as some other TBD speakers. So what is Chris Boyer talking about? Social media measurement? ROI. Oh, 
Is he gonna? Is he gonna break out the ukulele? You better. I think there's an expectation. I know. <laughs> we'll just have to hound him and make sure he brings it. I haven't seen this act yet. Oh, well, you're in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's on LaSalle Avenue in Minneapolis. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. LaSalle. Okay. 1900. You know I think I know where that's at. Thank you. You do have the history. Katie has the history. <laughs> Katie did a quick Google Who are the search. Van uh, that I don't know yet. I could do a Google search. They're probably oil barons. No, not in this neck of the woods. Grain yeah. barons. Steel. Descendants of the Cargill family. Iron ore. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll find out. We'll let you know by the end of the show who the Van Dusens are. Is it okay. Timmy Van Dusen? Is that the famous? Yeah, is that well, the matriarch? Timmy. <laughs> the fifth? The ninth? Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. That's about it. That's Just it? that you should all sign up and come to the mission conference. And I, I think can't it'll be, be a good one. Thanks for nothing. Thanks yeah. for hosting it on a day where I'm gone. Well, you're gone all the time. Well, <laughs> I'll be in Mississippi speaking at the Mississippi Hospital Association. See, there's an update. Actually, what day is the conference? Is it Thursday or Friday? Mm-hmm. Thursday, November 8th. <sighs> See, I come back Thursday night. You just mm-hmm. shift it one day. Oh, well. I'll, I'll try to get them to do that. Would you please? I know it's not too late. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to know who Mr. Van Dursen is? Is it Timmy? Was is? I right? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's Baron. Um, Ted? He Brad. founded the first and most prosperous grain firm in Boom! 1883. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your daddy? Well, we are known for our grains here. Cargill's from here, Pillsbury, General Mills, and such. What was his first name? Hank? Uh, George (laughs) Washington Van Dusen. Oh, wow. GW? Yep. (laughs) GW? VD? All right, VD, that's not a good... Acronym for the last It's a special kind of diagnosis, the George Washington VD. (laughs) All right, so let's get to our actual... (laughs) Let's actually get to our content here. Um, This first article was... This was sent to us from Chris Boyer? It was. He threw this wrench in the mix. This was a lively debate pre-podcast, and so hopefully we can capture our passion. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is from... uh, at least the version we have is from Smart Blog on social media. Uh, I can't believe this is the title. This is where Twitter gets out of hand. Live at pound I-A-B-M-I-X-X. So live at pound I-A-B mix. Polling. Facebook's Brad Smallwood on how brands can maximize ROI. So the gist of this, as we understand it, is Facebook is... Uh, has developed a partnership with a firm called Data Logics, which Data Logics, what they can do is they can go to a retailer, let's say, and they can parse their consumer purchasing data. Mm-hmm. And then they can cross-reference that with Facebook impressions. Uh, and so what makes this unique is when you think about impressions, you know, old school impressions are TV, billboard, whatever. Uh, and there's a lot of problems with that, but one of the biggest is you have no idea who those First of all, you don't know the quality of an impression. And second of all, you don't know who the heck the impressions were. Mm-hmm. You can say the billboard had 3 million impressions on a main interstate. You have no idea really who those people are. Facebook can tie an impression back to an individual. So they can say, Chris Bevelo saw your ad 10 times. Um, you're still left with the challenge of the value of that impression because, as we all know, uh, Facebook ads aren't necessarily something we – uh, all notice or spend a lot of time perusing. 
but nonetheless, Facebook is touting this as kind of this magic elixir that is going to allow them to tie the value of their ad impressions to true ROI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a quote from, okay, so first of all, the ridiculous hashtag stands for the Interactive Advertising Bureau's Mix Conference. I don't know what MIXX stands for. Neither is do that I. A, is that a number? Is that a Roman numeral? I doubt they're <laughs> whatever M is. Is M a thousand? We should know that, right? C is a hundred because that's a C note. M is a thousand. Two thousand and twelve? Is that what that is? Two thousand eleven. I bet it's that. <laughs> or it stands for mix, like mixer. We don't know. Yeah, that would be um, the simple solution. <laughs> so they made a presentation. This guy called Brad Smallwood, uh, along with uh, Nestle marketing chief Tam. Tom Boudet. Uh, and what was interesting to me was when I was reading this article, I missed the fact that Smallwood, who's referenced throughout it, is from Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wow, he's making some bold statements about impressions. And then I went back and saw he's from Facebook. I'm like, well, that explains why he's making impressions sound like the holy grail now. <laughs> um, shocking that Facebook wants to push you know, buying impressions. Uh, so statements like this were ju- jumped out to me. Um, they did some studies. They studied 50 campaigns using the data logic relationship uh, and came up with three key takeaways. Impressions over clicks. Clicks may still matter in some cases, but not for driving in-store sales, which makes sense, right? Right. You can't draw a click and then, well, I think there's still a relationship between that, but it's not as direct as an online purchase. Mm -hmm. Um, Smallwood said that 99% of sales driven by Facebook brand campaigns were from people who saw ads but never clicked on them. Brands should be optimizing to that 99%. So at first, that just sounds like complete over-the-top puffery until you kind of parse what that statistic means, right? Yeah. So what they're saying is, hey, most of your – you should be focused on impressions, not click-throughs, because most of the people are going to go into the store and buy from these ads are not going to click through. The assumption is that these people were driven in from the impressions of the ads to buy in the store. Mm-hmm. And that's where I throw a red flag or a yellow flag, I guess, if we're in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because my reality is, at least I know that if I see ads, they do impact me. Uh, but to claim that there is a causation between that impact uh, and my purchasing is where they're making a huge leap. Mm-hmm. It's correlation, and maybe over time they're going to be able to show actual uh, causation, uh, but there's a disconnect there for me. Now, what do you guys – I'll stop there because I've been yapping this whole time. Other thoughts on that? <clears throat> Sounds good to me. <laughs> no, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think in the grand scheme of things, of all the metrics you're looking at when you're analyzing your marketing efforts – Certainly, it doesn't hurt to know that how many people saw the ads and how many of those people made some purchases, but it can't be a final metric that you're making big decisions based on. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, if you can, how many people in the United States are on Facebook? I mean, the percentage is kind of right. crazy. Yeah. So let's just assume for a second that 100% of the population is on Facebook. Obviously, that's not true. But now you're, you know, once it gets to that point, once, once you've got like so many people on that platform and you're assuming you're pulling from the, this massive pool anyway. You know that the, you know it's probably safe to assume that the majority of your customers, in many cases, like whether it's Best Buy, they're they're using Facebook anyway, right? So it's kind of like it's not helping you to weed out a certain part of your audience. It's like 
you know, you can identify. It, it, it just it makes it kind of less meaningful you know, when you think about it in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I think it's I think it's valuable to know. It's just not really valuable. You, I don't think you can make decisions based off that alone. It's good to know in the grand scheme of things, I guess. Yeah, and and I suppose what they could do is they could say, okay, we're going to work with Best Buy, and we're going to create a study, and we're going to we're going to carve out two groups of Best Buy consumers that are exactly the same, right? So demographically the same. Uh, purchasing patterns the same, everything's the same. And then for Group A, we're going to run impressions on Facebook mm-hmm. to this group, and Group B, we're not. And you can make this a lot more complicated, but just start with that A versus B. Right. And then over time, if they can show that the only difference between the two is the Facebook impressions, right. and there's an increase in sales, then I think they've got something. And maybe that is what this is. They're yeah. not saying that. Um, I'm just like skeptical of any of this because it's coming from Facebook who obviously has an incentive to make you buy impressions because to Adam's point, they've got a billion users mm-hmm. and they get, and they got more impressions than anybody right, globally. Right. So it doesn't surprise me that they're trying to change the conversation because we know the click through rates suck it. So if that's how <laughs> the only way they're making money, mm-hmm. then, then they're really limited in, in the revenue they can drive. Mm-hmm. And they're of course, as we know, under pressure <clears throat> from now that they're public to keep that advertising by churning. Yeah. yeah, and well, and aside from the fact that it's news that they're doing this, the other news on the consumer side is the, the privacy concerns. Um, the Wall Street Journal had an article on October 1st, Facebook sells more access to members, um, was the title of it. And there have been a number of other articles, too, that have surfaced um, that is all about Facebook giving out more and more of your personal information um, mm-hmm. to uh, third parties. Yeah. And this is another example of that. Um, again, you know, for me, it's, I'm kind of torn on this stuff because, A, I don't, you know, I've said, I've said it many times on the show, I, I don't mind being marketed to if the stuff that I'm marketed to is relevant. If it's stuff that I'm actually interested in, I want to know about it. So in order for that to happen, I have to be willing to give up a certain amount of privacy for people who market to mm-hmm. know something about me, to show me things that I'm interested in. Um, you know, if there's some awesome guitar sale somewhere and I can get the, you know, some kick-ass American guitars for a really good deal. I want to know because I'm going to go and I'm going to be there. Um, So I'm willing to give up a certain amount of privacy for that. But at the same time, man, you got, you're putting a lot of faith in these third parties that they're going to be responsible with your data. And I really, I'm somewhat skeptical too about, I mean, the connection that Facebook, they said that, uh, that they're going to make here is if, if the, if the business can show, you know, they, they compare lists, basically. If they've got your email address in their list and Facebook has it in theirs, that's apparently how they're going to make these connections to, you know, make, to establish that link between here's somebody who had an impression and here's somebody who made a purchase. Because um, they're comparing data you already have to, da- to Facebook. The data has, they know these people saw your ad. Mm-hmm. I, that also assumes that the person who, on the, on the, uh, the, the, the business side, not Facebook, but the the retailer in this case, that they got your information responsibly and, who, and who's to say that they did. I mean, I would like to hope that Target if, you know, has my email address in their system because they got it responsibly because I authorized them to have it, whether it was through having an account, um, making a purchase on their website, or just you know, doing something in the store. I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, you're really, putting a lot of, you're really putting a lot of faith into some systems to assume that there's not going to be some abuse going on with this. Well, do you guys consider this abusive? So with this ability, they will be able to know 
you know, just like Amazon, right? If you buy this book, other people buy this book, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So they recommend that. Um, the way that's put forward, I think, is a service. Most people don't look at that as an invasion of their privacy. Right. They say, well, that's, that's good for me. Right. But what if I'm using Best Buy? I don't know if they even work with Facebook or whatever the name of the other company was, Logic, Data Logics. Uh, but, but from this data, they could determine buying patterns. And so they could determine that Chris Bevelo bought a Bluetooth, mm-hmm. which means you know, he's more likely to buy this, this, and this, and that that's the ads they're going to send me which sounds like very effective marketing to your point, Adam, that's more relevant to me, but that's also somewhat manipulative. Some, a lot of people would say that's manipulative. Oh yeah. I mean, do you guys feel that's manipulative? Do you feel like you're using my personal private data against me or am I, should I be able to screen that and not just buy like a Robotron and just be like, Oh, you're right. I want that. I think I'm thinking about the recent thing that happened with Target and how I don't if yep. you, the pregnancy thing and yep. how the teenager was mm-hmm. sent yep. all these pregnancy coupons. <laughs> and I think that figuring out that someone is pregnant feels like it's going a little bit too far. But I also think as a consumer, when I use my credit card in the store, I have to understand that I am giving them my information. So maybe it's just like communicating that to consumers more that, okay, well, if you're going to use your credit card, we're going to be able to get this information from you. Um, But I don't know. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. That's a great example. Well, and there's also the... It, it feels like you're going to be, if the only thing you're ever going to be exposed to kind of from a marketing perspective is stuff that they know you're going to want to buy, there's something kind of, man, I mean, that, that removes the opportunity too that you'd be exposed to new interesting things that you might be interested in. Um, mm-hmm. Unless, again, unless they can really create some cool connections to find new things that they think that you might be interested in because other people have showed they are. I don't know. It's just, it, it, it seems to remove, it makes the whole damn thing so algorithmic and, and so inhuman, you know, in the background that it just feels not, feels inhuman <laughs> almost for lack of a better way to say, it. yeah, it's going to probably drive sales, but I don't know. Does it help progress society in any way? Here, let's get real well, philosophical on it. I don't think it's supposed to. It's just supposed to. No, I know, business. I know, but it's kind of like, how does that hurt us in the grand scheme of things? Dude, you just give me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> That's way too deep. Deep thoughts with Adam Meyer. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe other folks can weigh in on this and let it, let us know what they think. I'm just, you know, I, I'm sure I'll be proven wrong. I'm, I'm sure, but there's a good chance we be proven wrong. But mm-hmm. I would always be skeptical of skeptical of someone like Facebook going out there saying you should pour all your money into impressions. Mm-hmm. You know, I also have a bridge I can sell you that's an amazing bridge that goes over the Mississippi River that you should buy. So um, <laughs> let's cut one of these out, the next one. Let's just have one more story. Okay. Which one is it? Well, should we do number three? Adam, that was one that you were going to talk yeah. about. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. That's more uh, brand fun. criticism one. Yeah, you know, I don't have, uh, crap, I don't have this stuff up in front of me right now. Go ahead. Right. And just, if, you want to re- if you want to intro it, I'll pull it up. Oh, there we go. Thank Katie's you, Katie. on top of it. <laughs> so <laughs> this was a survey um, from Ethical Corporation. What is that? What, what is the- this that Katie handed me? Is this like a printout of the internet? This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, a printed paper. <laughs> ethical Corporation, whatever that is, suggests that companies and other organizations using social media marketing experience criticism on the channel. On the channel. 
However, just 28% of organizations <laughs> included in the poll are prepared to deal with it. The study illustrates that brands must be ready to engage negative feedback as it's a social reality they can't ignore. Okay. So, so there's the setup, Adam. I tried to talk really slow. <laughs> The ethical on corporation. The yeah, basically, it's just saying that people aren't ready to hand. It's, it's saying that a lot, most people on Facebook, and there's a study done by somebody in the UK. Um, the study itself, this, uh, the article is from Brafton. They did uh, just a quick overview of the study, pulled out one of the uh, interesting metrics from it. Um, the study at, uh, costs like 600 pounds or something. So whatever that is in dollars, <laughs> what is that? That's like, it's like 800. They, like, That's like, said that? like a $900 or something. Yeah, or more. Yeah. So anyway, it's like a thousand bucks if you want to get the actual report. But so there's a PDF that's an that's an overview of the report, pulls out some metrics. Brafton does an overview of that overview. Um, But the interesting thing, and probably maybe really all you need to know out of the whole damn thing, is that um, because the rest of it's probably full of stuff you could assume is true, is that most people just aren't ready to handle. They're getting into social media, but they're not prepared to handle negative feedback, which is something. Clearly, you need to be. If you're going to embrace social media, then you're embracing the fact that people can yell at you, essentially. And mm-hmm. you need to figure out how you're going to respond to that. And it's just saying most people who took this survey um, for this study are saying that they were not or are not prepared for that. Um, or at least, you know, that's not to say that they won't respond appropriately, you know, in the heat when it, when it does happen. Um, but they're saying that they didn't plan for it and they weren't ready for it. They didn't have a system in place to address those uh, negative comments when they came in. Um, so the actual statistics, here's the, the chart that's, uh, that Brafton shared that's in the PDF overview. If your company has been subject to any social media criticism, however strong, how far do you think your, comp- how far do you think your company was prepared to cope with this campaign um, or negative comment? And then the percentages were one. Uh, so, it's, so it's one to five, completely unprepared. Five is uh, fully engaged with the problem is, is their scale. 20% were at one. Um, almost just 18 was at two right in the middle, which is where you can probably figure everybody is going to want to answer on these things when you've got like a one to five, mm-hmm. 34% put, put three, um, which means they're kind of prepared, kind of not prepared. Um, but the interesting thing was that the second largest uh, metric there was the first one that 20% of respondents said they were completely unprepared to handle negative feedback. Yeah. <laughs> so reassuring. Almost, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's the gist of the article. Um, we'll have the link to the, uh, to Brafton's overview on our show notes. Um, and if you've got 900 pounds or 600 pounds, whatever, <laughs> then you, you can buy the report. Go ahead and buy that. Pounds. What, what do you, you get? get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Katie and Jackie are like, what the? I sold my soul to the company. something. I think Can that you was us? that store is about the Van Dusens, I think. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> to the company store? That's not what it is. Company something. I sold my soul to the company. Company store. store? I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard that song. No, what Who is sings it? it? Tom somebody. Jones? No. Oh, okay. Hanks? You get 16. Bobcat Goldthwait? 16. Oh. <laughs> I would like to hear Bobcat Goldthwait sing that song. <laughs> I just like that name. All right. Well, cool. Well, so, so you don't I know who's that, saying that? What? You don't know who's saying that? Yellows. After all that, or what it's from? No. I mean, no you need to do an instant Google 16 search here. 16 tons. 16 Tennessee, tons. Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee Ernie Ford. There you go. Okay. <laughs> it going to bug me. 16 tons. There you go. So, wow. 
<laughs> social media preparedness. We got mm-hmm. lost there. Be prepared. That's our message. Get into social media, but but expect it. I mean, classic examples are hospitals that are uh, on Facebook but don't allow posts, mm-hmm. right? Only because they, they fear the negative, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, at least they don't allow people to post to their wall. I mean, somebody can right. always say, "Hey, you know, you put it up a nice little." series of shots from your last you know happy company picnic and now somebody launches off about how they're how they died from salmonella yeah. <laughs> potato salad i died from salmonella and your potato salad right. wait a second but it's almost like what's the point of being on social media if you're not yeah. allowing people right. to engage with you right. yeah exactly. that's the whole point of social yeah. media amen <laughs> i loved it remember like a year or two ago adam's like the phone is social media like the first <laughs> social media channel was the phone I had a good okay, point with that. Kinda. There was. And it was like a conference call. A conference call was legit. Well, we were getting into an argument about something, and I was using that we as don't a No way. I know. That's, I don't know what you We haven't had about. a good heated debate, though, on the show in quite a while. We'll have to come up with one. I can't remember <laughs> what our last one was. We'll get Katie and Jackie into it, too. <laughs> no, we'll just fall into deep silence. When they- <laughs> deep silence. Look at each other awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're out of time, you guys. Oh, good yucks. show. Yeah, good one. Well done. Really good shoot. Van Dusen's. <laughs> Timmy. All right. Timmy Van Dusen. <laughs> <laughs> From Timmy Van Dusen. I'll bet you there's a Timmy Timmers? Van Dusen. A Timothy. Timmy. Timmers? Timmy, Timmy. Timothy. Timothy. I told you my, my brother and Franklin his wife were going to name their first child Tim, Timmy, Timothy until I... Until they told me, and I was like, Timmy! <laughs> Tim, Tim, Timmy! <laughs> what is that from? It's from South Park. Oh. It's that poor yeah. handicapped kid in a wheelchair. That, that's oh. how, all, he, all he ever says is his own name. <laughs> Timmy! Timmy! <laughs> you change their mind quick? <laughs> yeah, like, that yeah. Right. And they named their son Taylor. Taylor! All, right. <laughs> all right. For Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Rotaco. Katie Streeter. And Adam Meyer. <laughs> Talk to you next time. <laughs>